How many is ready for the word of the Lord? Come on now, give me a big shout, amen. We welcome our online audience, whether you're here watching locally or watching around the world. We're so glad that you are tuning in to receive a life-changing message of God's love for your life. Today, we're continuing our summer series, and what a summer series it's been. As we've been talking about DNA, as we're learning who God created us to be, we're discovering this process. It's time for you to raise your standard of how you see yourself. Let me say it again. It's time for you to lift up the standard of how you see yourself. This whole series has been about us discovering, identifying, and seeing how God sees us. How God sees us so that it can change how we see ourselves. We've discovered, and I have seen this, that I am a child of God. I am chosen of God. I am royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's precious gift. I have been adopted into the family of God. I have been called blessed by God. I walk in the favor and grace of God. The more I understand how God sees me, the more it changes my life. Now let's look at this chart again. We see ourselves as way down here. We see ourselves as a sum total of all the mistakes we've made in our life. I'm a sum total of all the bad decisions I've made. Therefore, I don't have a lot of value in God's eyes. But God is over here saying, I gave my son to redeem you, to adopt you into the family of God, to forgive you of your sins, to elevate you up. You're a royal priesthood. You are a chosen people. Today, you got to understand, I have been blessed of God. Today, as I understand how God sees me, God, you see me up here. I've got to start looking at myself the way you see me and quit always putting myself down and holding myself captive to my low thinking about myself. So this whole series is hopefully setting you free from that and allowing yourself to say, yes, God, I'm more. I'm more than a mistake. Yes, God, I'm more than my sins in my past. Yes, God. You have seen me, you have blessed me, you have called me. So I'm raising the standard about myself. Now let's go right into our text. In Philippians today, Philippians 1, 3 through 6, Paul says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make a request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And then he goes, I am certain and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue. Come on, let's say it together. Will continue his work until he is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That word continue is a very positive word. That word continue means it is an ongoing process. That my growth in God should be continual. Let me break it down to you this way. God is still working on you. And God is still working on me. There's room for growth in every single person. It says we have, God was working on us until Christ returns. Has Christ returned yet? No. Therefore, God is still working on you. So whether you've been saved for one week or you've been saved for decades, doesn't make a difference. God is still working on you. There's still room to grow in all of us. And God's desire is that we would all grow. 
I'm a work in progress. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Say, I'm a work in progress. You're a work in progress. We're all still a work in progress. But there's some things we can do that can accelerate the growth of God in our life. There's also some things we can do that can stagnate the growth of God in our life. And I want you to accelerate God's growth. I want you to understand God's growth. I want you to grow. I want you to elevate. I'm ready for you to leave this place of your thinking. And I'm ready for you to grow and mature in the person who God is calling you to be. I want you to see yourself through the glasses that God sees you. I want you to see yourself through the filter of the cross that God sees us through. So number one, write this down. If you're going to go to the next level, you got to see the next level. Look at your next level. Identify it. See it. What is your next level? What is your next level? For all of us here, that's a different answer. For everybody in this room, it's, it's a different answer. See, stop, stop through this. you got, you got to stop comparing yourself to everyone else's level. Stop comparing yourself to everyone else's level. Comparing will compromise your growth. Well, I'm not growing like this person over here. They're a lot more spiritual mature than me. This person over here, they've done more for God than me. Listen, stop comparing yourself. The only thing we need to do is learn to see ourselves and only compare ourselves with yourself. Let me say it again. Only compare yourself with yourself. Think about the spirit of comparison. It got Satan kicked out of heaven. I want to be like God. I'm great like God. Boom, he's gone. Think about Eve. Satan's like, you can be like God. Compare yourself to God. Boom, she failed. Okay, so comparison has always been the start of a downfall in our life. I wish I was, I wish I was, I was like this person over here. It's about you looking in the mirror and saying, I am where I am. And I, I want to grow. And I've got to see what is that next level in my life. I see where I'm at presently. And what does that next level look like? I identify it. And then I begin to work toward achieving it. In the next three months, I want to be here. In the next six months, I want to be here. In the next year, I see myself living here and doing this for God. you got to see it and you got to identify it. Some of you here, I, I look at you and I'm like, I'm amazed at how far God has brought you. I look back over the past year, and I'm like, man, you've grown so much. But when you compare yourself to somebody else, you're like, yeah, but man, i got a long ways to go. But maybe that person you're comparing themselves with, they've been complacent for having gone anywhere in the last 20 years. They've been at the same level the last 20 years or 10 years. And you've grown leaps and bounds. And so what I'm telling you is that all of us must be responsible for getting to the next level. We must all identify it and compare yourself with yourself. So, so how do we do it? Today I'm going to give it to you in three very simple ways that we can understand this is God's will for my life. This is how I start out. This is how I take the next step. And this is how I go all the way to where God's calling me to be. I'm going to make it very plain for you to understand. So follow along. Let's embrace it. Let's go there. Number one, you got to learn to be fed, okay? Level one is you got to learn to be fed. We, oh, we all need to be fed. The Bible says that the word of God is the bread of life. 
that it is the water that God wants to give for our life. We drink of his well. We eat of his table that God has given to us. It will change our life. The more I discover God's healthy plan for my life, it will bring life. It does not bring confusion. It will bring answers to your life. Quit looking to everybody else to give you the answers and allow the one thing that will give us the answers is the bread of life. It's God's. I got to learn to be fed, first of all. We must, when we must feed our babies, right? I mean, when a baby's brand new, we must feed them in order for them to grow. Philippians 1, 9, look what it says. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. He wants you to grow. He expects you to grow. God expects us to grow. Let me give you a secret. As your pastor, I expect you to grow. I want you to grow. I'm encouraging you to grow. I want you to take these steps of growth in your life. So I'm going to be your cheerleader. I'm going to say, yes, you can do it. Yes, get back up. Keep walking. Keep running. Keep dreaming. Keep thriving. I know you've made mistakes. We all have. Get up. Let's keep going together. You know, how many have ever been to Disney? Raise your hand if you've ever been to Disney. If you've ever been to Disney, you know this. You don't just wake up one day and say, I think I'll go to Disney. No, Disney is not merely just a thought. Disney takes time. It takes time to plan. It takes time to save, right? Sometimes it can take years to save to afford Disney. That's, that's some money right there. So we got to plan. We got to save. Sometimes we'll skip vacation this year so that we can go to Disney next year. I mean, we, we have to really think it out. And when you do it, you, you start planning out your trip. You're buying your park hopper passes. This is how many days we want to hit. This is how many parks we want to hit. This is how we're going to do it. And once those are completed, we've got to find a good place to stay. We're going to stay here because we can take the train right into Disneyland right now. Okay, we're going to do this. And then you say, when we get off, we're going to go to Adventureland. And then we're going to go over here to the castle. And then we're going to go over here and ride Space Mountain. Then we're going to ride Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, then we've got to go over here because we're going to watch the, you know, we've got to watch all these different shows and we start mapping out our day, our process. It takes a while. We're going to get to the Park Harper passes here, the fast pass here. And we got this whole thing mapped out. We all, we all get there. And the family shows up and you're all excited. You're one of the first ones as the gates open. You go in to the Magic Kingdom and you walk right in. And you're like, wow, wow. We're finally here, kids. Can you believe it? And you walk over to the nearest park bench and you sit down and you start taking it all in. You're like, whoa, wow, I, I can see the castle over there. Oh, I, I, I can see, I can see Space Mountains over there. Oh, I, I can see Star Wars. It's over there. Oh, I can see Pirates of the Caribbean. It's over there. And you start talking, oh, look at the Mickey Mouse ears. I got to get those ears. You're coming through all this. The parade's going on. Oh, and you spend all day right there inside the gate sitting on the park bench and by the day's over you get up all right kids let's go home did you experience disney no you took a step inside the magic kingdom but you didn't experience all of the kingdom come on now you know where i'm going many of us we, we get our we get our foot into the gate of the kingdom of god but we never experience the full kingdom of god and let me tell you, God's got so much more for you to experience in your life. 
Don't be satisfied with just getting your foot into the kingdom. I'm telling you, God wants you to experience the adventure of your lifetime. God wants you to experience more than you can ever dream or imagine. Don't be satisfied with just coming in and getting fed. That's okay when you first start out. We all need it. Our, our babies need fed. But we got to make sure that we're not missing out on the kingdom. We have to feed our babies all night or they cry. How many remember those days? You're like, God, would this ever pass? Babies wake up every two and a half, three hours. They got to be fed. You're like, you go. No, you go. Your turn. No, it's your turn. Parents be arguing. Are we ever going to get past this? Are they ever going to sleep all night? I remember my wife, she wanted to give our babies NyQuil. I was like, no, honey, we can't do that. <laughs> Just kidding. But we may have given them an extra spoon of cereal a little before they were supposed to. This is called hoping, just hoping to get an extra hour of sleep. Don't look at me like we're the only ones that ever done that. Just praying, God, please, let's let them sleep. Four hours is all I'm asking, God. Four hours. This one time, this extra hour, God, it's there. But, but we don't mind because we know that this is a tough season, but this season will pass. And eventually they're going to learn to start feeding themselves. Eventually they can eat stronger meat. Eventually they can eat more food and it's going to sustain them throughout the night. So we know that this milk stage is only a beginning stage and it's going to get a little bit easier. And there comes a time in our life when we got to understand this and it becomes a thing that happens in our life. It's okay. If you're a new Christian, it's okay to come in and get fed. It's okay to come in and say, I need to eat. We need that. We need that. But to get to the next level, Here's the secret. The next level is you got to learn how to feed yourself. I learned to feed myself at the next level. This is the next level. I'm learning to cook the meal myself. We must own this level. Everybody in this room, we must own this level. I am where I am with God because I've chosen to be right here. I've chosen to cook my meal a certain way, whether I eat it or don't eat it. I've chosen to feed myself so much. And we've all got to take ownership that we are because we've chosen to be here. It's not a church's fault. It's not your spouse's fault. We've, we've got to take ownership. It's us. We are spiritually where we are because we've chosen to settle at that spot. Stop expecting, come on now, let me wake you up this morning. Stop expecting the church to do for you what God wants to do in you. I wish the, the church, the church, the church is not feeding me anymore. Could it be that God wants you to feed yourself? The church is still feeding you, but you're growing up. And one meal a week is not sustaining you the way it used to. And you've got to learn what it means to cook your own meal throughout the day. There comes a time when once or twice a week, you still are going to be hungry. Look, and the reason we're not getting fed is we haven't learned to feed ourselves yet. That's the reason why we haven't learned to feed ourselves. Remember when your kids were first learning to feed themselves? I remember when we would buy groceries, the father of five, and when the kids were small, they learned at an early age, man, grocery day was like Christmas, right? All the, all the snacks got restocked up, all the food was restocked up, and it was kind of a dynamic plane where the younger ones realized the older ones are gonna eat all of it if I don't get in there first. And so you stock up, you come home a few hours later and you're like, where did all the snacks go? What? I bought enough snacks to last all week. This is supposed to be snacks for your lunch all week long. Where are they at? 
and it's a miracle no one can remember what happened to them. Not me, not me. I don't know. I don't know. You do? I don't know. I have no idea. Nobody knows. What happened to the little Debbies? And then a few hours later goes by and you hear some crinkling of the plastic. And your kid comes out and they got chocolate all over the face. Chocolate over the, three years old, come out with chocolate on her face and chocolate on her hands. Well, at least you hope it's chocolate. Anyway, <laughs> you're like, I think we just figured out who took the box of brownies, honey. Uh, they, they knew something. They knew that if they didn't hide them, they weren't going to have any for themselves. So they were learning to, they were, they were learning to feed themselves. I got to take this food. I got to store it away. So I have something to feed myself later. You know, it's an awesome thing. It can be an awesome thing, but it also can be messy, right? Then you got messes everywhere. Remember when your kids are learning to eat and they're in the high chair? No, I want to feed myself. You're like, all right, you can feed yourself, but we're going to take off all your clothes. You just leave your diaper on because this is going to be messy, right? They'd be eating spaghetti and all over their face. and all. You know what I'm talking. Remember those days and you're like, all right, we go straight from the high chair straight to the tub. <laughs> But they were learning to feed themselves, and it was messy. It's messy sometimes. So it's not always, it doesn't always look great when we're learning to feed ourselves. Sometimes we're not going to get it right, but I can tell you this. I applaud you. Learn to feed yourself. Make the effort. Try your best. Learn. Learn to feed yourself. It's what God wants us to do. Whether you do it right or not, it's not important. It's, the, it's taking a step forward and, and trying and letting God teach us along the way. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow. Everybody say that word grow. Grow into a full experience of salvation. So salvation is not a one-time thing. It's not just I'm saved, I get my foot into the kingdom, and then I sit there on the park bench. It's a full experience that God's got for your life. He wants you to continue to grow, continue to grow in your salvation, continue to understand what that looks like, continue to understand how much God really loves you, continue to understand what grace looks like in our lives, continue to understand what the Holy Spirit's here to do in our lives, continue to understand what God wants to transform my life. It's a continual process. And I learned that as I'm learning to feed myself. Sometimes it's messy, but mature believers are you hearing me? Mature believers, who wants to be mature, they learn to feed themselves. But sometimes we stress out. I don't want you to stress out on quality. Sometimes we're like, man, I don't got time to read 10 chapters a day, Pastor. And I'm not asking you to do that, okay? I'm not asking you to read 10 chapters of the Word a day. When I was a kid, we used to have this loaf of bread at the house. It was called the, the Bread of Life. My mom would pull out the Scripture out. It was one Scripture a day. One piece of bread a day. We'd pull it out and we'd read it. It's just one little verse. And that would be our verse of the day. You know, that's where you start out, right there. You start out just, just one verse a day. Take it and let it meditate. Now we got apps on our phone. And they'll send us one verse a day. The verse of the day. And sadly, many of us delete that and don't even read the text. We've we got to learn that God send me that scripture and let me read it. Let me meditate on why. Because I'm learning to feed myself. I'm learning what it means to meditate on the. I'd rather you have one small meal a day that's really bringing nourishment to your body than you to eat a bunch of junk that's not doing you any good. 
See, I want you to take one verse and say, all right, God, help me to live this out of my life. Help me to trust you this way in my life. Help me to live it out on my job or my school today. Help me, help me to be this kind of person. Help me to trust you this way. Focus on the quality of, okay? A few verses a day or one verse, just meditate on it. How about increasing your worship time? I love, I love the worship of the Lord. You come in with a group like today and we worship. Well, how powerful was that? How powerful was our worship time? But listen, at some point, you, you want more. The good news is you, you can play more. You can turn your car. You can turn your home. You can turn your, your restroom as you're getting ready in the, the day, as you're changing clothes, whatever. You can have worship on and you can meditate on the Lord and you can build yourself for your own private worship time anytime you want. How many people like to walk? Anybody like to walk in here? Yeah. How about when you walk, instead of just walking, you make it a prayer walk. And you walk, and as you're walking, you're praying for your community. You're praying for your, for your church. You're praying for your family. You're praying for yourself. You're communicating to God just as you're walking. I'm, I'm telling you, there's something powerful about doing that. And what happens, you'll end up walking longer, and it'll do you more good, okay? So I'm just giving you some, just a few examples of ways that we can grow, learn to feed ourselves. And then the last level is the level when we learn to feed others. Learning to feed others. Let me remind you again of this statement. We've been saying it all along in this series. I have been blessed to be a blessing. The reason God has blessed you is he expects you to be blessing to somebody else. He expects your life. The reason God breaks me and remakes me is so that my life can be given away to help somebody else. He wants me to be the person who feeds others. Look at Matthew 16, 24 and verse 25. Then Jesus said this to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What was he talking about? He was saying this, quit trying to save yourself. Quit trying to save yourself. Are you seeing me here today? Look at me right here. Quit trying to feed yourself all the time. It's all about me. What can I eat? How much can I eat? Oh, give me this food. It's cute when you're two and three, when you're hoarding the food. It's not cute when you're 42. Don't need to stay there a minute, you get me? Okay, it's not cute. There comes a time we gotta stop. Always about me. I like this song. I like this worship. I like the church. This, I like when pastor preaches this song. I wish he'd preach more about this. I wish he'd do more like that. About me, about me, about me, about me. It's about me. We, and Jesus said, no. You try to make it about you, your life is lost. But God, what do you want? God, help me to feed others. God, thank you, Lord. You're, you're feeding me. And I, God, thank you that I'm eating this so I can give it away. You're teaching me so I can teach somebody else. You healed me so I can walk somebody else through healing. God, you redeemed me so I can bring your redemption to somebody else. You gave me grace so I can show grace to somebody else. When I try to save ourselves, we lose ourselves. The more I lose myself, the more I find myself. See, that's God's math is not our math, is it? God's patterns are not our patterns. Let's look at this pattern again. Do you follow along with where I'm going? Do you follow along? 
See, in our minds, when I say go to the next level, automatically we think of a higher level. But the kingdom doesn't work that way. To level up, you gotta level down. That's the way God's kingdom. Think less of yourself. Don't just feed yourself, feed others. He wants us to look at the pattern. The pattern goes, all right, it's all about me. Here's the pattern. First of all, I'm a spiritual baby. I'm gonna be messy. It's all about me. Feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Oh, this is good, yeah, yeah, feed me some more. Feed me some more, 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 more. Feed me, this is great, I love it, I love it. Feed me, oh man, do you love that? I love it, I love it. But you know what? That's not sustaining me, I need more, I need more. Then I learn to take the next level. I learned that I got to mix. I got to learn to open up the word of the Lord for myself. Oh, wow. Have you read Proverbs? It's like a wisdom bomb every verse. Hey, it's like God's Instagram account straight to me. This is awesome. Have you ever read the wisdom of Proverbs? If not, you're missing it. I'm talking about wisdom that will make you look so much smarter than you really are. There's so much wisdom in this one of the smallest chapters in the Bible. Little bitty verses, but man, everyone's a truth bomb. Oh, that's good. Oh, that, that's good. It's making me wiser. Do you realize how much... Do you, oh, do you realize in this story... That God actually healed a guy's daughter based on him showing up, knocking on the door, and the daughter wasn't even there. I mean, he said, all you got to do is speak the word, and he did it, and he was healed. Whoa. I, just, I mean, I didn't realize. I thought you had to lay hands, and God just, she wasn't even there, and God spoke the word, and she was healed. Wow. It's an incredible. I mean, the, the Bible, do you realize, man, there's so much there as begin to eat it and feed yourself. It's all right to get, to get the free one today. It's all right to come in and have the spiritual buffet today and receive it. It's what it's there for. But it's not going to be enough as you get older. You've got to learn how to feed yourself. And then the next level is what? I go from feeding myself to now I'm feeding others. Now who can I feed? Now, who can I give it away to? Now, who, who can I serve? Now, who can I help? Now, who can I bless? I've received all this nourishment given to me. I learned how to make it, and now I'm getting it free, and now I'm getting it given to me, and now I'm learning how to make it myself. Now I've got an abundance. I gotta give us the way. Hey, you, come here. Hey, hey yeah, yeah. I can tell you, I used to be exactly where you was at. I was going through some of the same things you were going through in your life. And let me tell you, God healed me and God brought me out. Let me give you, let me tell you how that happened. Let me tell you how God transformed my life. Let me, my words, encourage you today. Let me tell you how you can change your life. Wow. What happens then? Then I'm giving it away. So I'm receiving it from the Lord. 
whether it's from somebody else and I'm learning to eat it myself, and now I've got an abundance, and now I've got an abundance to give away. I've got an abundance of blessing to give away. Now I've got an abundance. I'm getting it out, and as I get it out, God's giving me more and more, and I give it away, and it grows. I give it away, and it, wait. Isn't that what happened at the feeding of the 5,000? Jesus broke it, blessed it, gave it away, and it grew. Broken, blessed it, gave it away, and it grew. And multiplied. How do I multiply? Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. To level up in the kingdom, you got to learn to level down. For who is full of pride, God will resist. He who exalts himself, he who tries to level himself up, God resists. But those who humble themselves, then God exalts. Are you following the pattern? I level down so that God can level me up. That's how the kingdom of God works. Studies show the most happiest people in the world are the people who learn to give it away. You come to me and, and say you're, you're fighting depression, one of the first things I'm gonna ask you to do is say, what, what are you doing to serve others? Because there's something that happens when you get your mind off of your own problems and you just start helping somebody else. And I can tell you, I've seen transformation after transformation of people who just started helping somebody else and automatically they started feeling better. Automatically their spirit started feeling better. It's just the happiest people in the world are not the people who are the richest people. They're among the most miserable people in the world because they thought all the things would get them happiness. Feed me, feed me, what can I do, what can I get? That'll bring me happiness and you get it. And then you're so stuffed, you're miserable. You're so full, you're miserable because you're never meant to keep it all to yourself. You're meant to be a blessing to others. That's where the blessing comes from. Let me close with this story. I read a story the other day about a guide who was taking people up and down Mount Everest. And as you know, Mount Everest is a very difficult place to climb that many people lose their life trying to reach the top. We've seen the movies. There's been several movies talk about this, documentaries, people trying to make it to the top of Everest and they lose their life. And so it's important you take an experienced guide, but even the experienced guide can lose their life on this journey. And I read the story about a guide who was up there and as he got to the top, he near the top, he started losing oxygen and he knew it was getting, getting risky. And so he, he made his way down to try to get to the nearest air station so he could get some fresh oxygen. And as he's going, he starts hallucinating because he's losing the oxygen and he makes it to the air station. And as he gets there, he wires for help. He says, help, help, send air, send air. All the tanks are empty, send air. And when they got to him, he'd already died and he was clinging on to the tanks as he died. And the sad part of the story was that the tanks were actually just filled right before he got there. That he died hallucinating, they were empty, but really they were, they were filled. And everything he needed to survive was right there in the tank, in his grasp. And for many of us here, our life is this way. It's really empty when we, we think it's empty. We're like, help, help. And everything you need is right there in your grasp. Everything God's for you is right there in your grasp. 
experience the full kingdom of God. Don't just get your foot in the door. No matter what mountain you're facing today in your life, knowing that God has supplied what you need to survive, this is not the end. This can be the beginning of a great testimony if you allow God to take control of your life. To level up, we level down. Let's bow our heads. Everything we've done today comes down to this moment right here. Comes down to this one question. Have you fully surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? What's that look like? That means that have I, first of all, recognized that he gave his life for me on the cross, that he died on the cross for my sins, that he was buried and resurrected? Do I acknowledge that his blood was for the forgiveness of my sins? Do I realize he is the son of God? And as I make that decision in my life, yes, he is. Then the question is, have you surrendered your life to him then? It's not just enough to know. Then it's going to become a heart decision. I'm, I'm ready to surrender. And it's not just a one-time decision. It's a growing decision where you're learning to surrender the rest of your life to Jesus. But it all starts right here. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? We won't do anything to single you out. We're not going to do anything to call you up or embarrass you. I promise you. But without anybody looking but me, if you're ready to give your life to Jesus today, can you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else? You're ready today. Raise a high rack and say, thank you. I see those hands in the back as well. One more time. If you haven't raised it, raise it right now. Let me see you. I want to make sure I don't miss you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do this today. We're going to say this prayer, and I want you to repeat it after me. As Christians around you, we'll help you along as well. Say, dear Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender all of my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we say welcome to the family of God. That's why we're here today.